this guy sort of sits in the congregation, minding his own business much of the time, but Andrew and Amber, his wife and their boys, they're just a, just a great, great family. Been around the place for a number of years. They came up to us from C3 Salisbury, yep. and uh, they've moved into Lobethal, and life's just chaos, right? Yes. It is. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, young family, you got plenty on the go. Yep. But, but Andrew has just got a great sense of, and what I'd say, Andrew, of you, you're centered around what God does can do. You're a yep. faith man You're with your wife, Emma. You just step out in faith. So we're focused on resetting our finances this month. And Andrew's got a bit of a word. This guy's always got a testimony about what God's up to because he and Emma step out of the boat uh, and take steps with God, right? So he's going to share part of some of his story, a few other things. I just know it's going to be a great, great word. So buckle up, get ready, <laughs> and put your hands together again to welcome Andrew. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'll just quickly pray before I start. Dear God, please move in, move in this meeting. Holy Spirit, come upon me now so I can deliver the word that you want delivered and open the hearts for those to receive so they understand my heart in this message, Father. Please, Holy Spirit, move over this congregation and over all of Australia today as people are sitting and listening to a word that is delivered to them for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much, guys. Hi, I'm Andrew. So uh, I don't want this to sound like an internet ad that tells you how to make money. You log on and you see the ads pop up. Look, this guy made $60,000 in just two hours at home. Oh, this guy made $4,000 in three hours. It's not like that. This is not what this message is about. This message I've titled, You Can't Earn God's Favour, But You Can Prove It. So You can't earn God's favour, but you can prove it. And who wants to be one of those that can prove God's favour? That's good because that's a very big step. <laughs> if you say that, things are going to happen. If you act that, things are going to happen. And there is an expectation on you also to step out. Wow. I, um, I've, just a brief, brief background on me. I've been brought up in a Christian family all my life. Um, multiple generations of preachers and pastors and leaders and um, all sorts of being involved in church all through my life. Um, in that, what Kirby had mentioned this morning was about offering and how that you'd get your pocket money and I used to work really hard to get my dollar and then take 10 cents out of that because mum would give it to us in 20 cent pieces and two, cent, two 10 cent pieces and you knew you had to put that 10 cent piece in your pocket and you took it to church and you tried to make the biggest bang you could as you threw it in the bucket. <laughs> But you, from a very young age, and then at 11, I got a job. At 11 years old, because I was tall enough to look like I was 16, I would jump on my push bike and ride around Elizabeth, picking up the paper money that you'd get delivered, and I used to knock on the door and get the money, say, hi, you've had these many papers, and you'd take the money, put it in your pouch, and off you go. I did that for four or five years and made sure that if I was short anything, any cent, I'd take it out of my money to make sure that the person that was employing me would always have their money. But sometimes I was $20 over, and I don't know how that would happen. But then mum would sit down with me every Sunday night, count it up and say, Andrew, you've got to go out again. You've missed these three people. So I'd have to drive right off again to go get this other money to make sure that each week no one was left behind and not missed any opportunity for someone to pay their bill. <laughs> so then I'd take the money into the lady and she would give me my commission of that. And then each week I would have 
the surplus sometimes to cover up the weekends that I missed it. Because I wanted to make sure that I was working diligently for the people that were employing me. Then I got another job when I was 14, working at a garden centre while I was in high school. I was able to buy my car two years before I could even drive it. <laughs> and Dad and I were cutting the doors up, thinking, well, this is never going to work, This is got because there was rust in the bottom of it and all these holes, and I was starting to panic. But it just showed me that I had, and taught me a great work ethic. But the whole time, tithing. So every single time I earned $20, I could put $2 in. Sometimes, then I get to $100 a week. I had $79. I remember one of my first pays. That was $7.90. But I put $8 in. Like, it was, not, it was too hard. But we used to get pay packets. I'm showing my age a little. Where you'd, you'd pull it out of this thing and you'd open the, the brown bag and then all the notes were folded up in there. Then you'd move into full-time job. And I remember my first pay full-time. I pulled all the notes out. And I'm like, whoa. Then I went, Oh. I've got to put some of that in the offering. And that was one of the first moments I was like, this is actually a life decision that I was making to make sure that I always had whatever I needed. It was about not only giving back 10% of what, of what I owed, it was actually saying, God, you're letting me keep 90%. And that's a huge amount. The stuff that I've been able to do. Um, I'm now married to the lovely Emma. And because of her, we have... Three amazing kids. I wasn't going to have kids. I wasn't going to get married. There was all this stuff 10 years, 10 years ago nearly. We're coming up already and I'm just, whoo. Those three boys teach me a lot about what dad went through with one. But the three of them, even this morning in bed, it was 5.30. I've preached this message in my head 10 times last night. And then I get this tap on my shoulder. I love you, daddy. I'm like, Peter's in bed again. He's like, Daddy, I was good last night. I'm like, where's this going? I didn't go in your bed at all last night and I didn't wake you up and I wasn't naughty. I'm like, it is 5.30. You've woken me up and you are being naughty. And I'm like, I love you, Peter. Go to sleep. <laughs> so there's a lot of patience, but I was reflecting on that. I would do anything for those boys. I would do anything for them. And I would like to set them up to think, how hard it is to get housing these days, how hard it is to get rentals, how hard it is to get work and, and to set yourself up. I've got three boys I'm going to have to look out for. How much more has God planned and put in place and set us up to move into what we've got for ourselves? I've got interest in Lego, as you probably know, gardening, um, growing food. We've got ch chickens, we've got cow in the backyard. We've got all this stuff I love doing. I love being able to supply for our our family, but also we give to a lot of friends. We're able to give eggs out. We give eggs out and get scraps back. We um, next door neighbour sends me text. Oh, is there any eggs this week? Sure, and I just put them over the fence. But then she drops flowers over the fence. She drops cartons. We get Fowler's jars, like we we're into preserving and and whatnot. But we get given all these jars for nothing, just for giving a couple of eggs. Things that you have to, you look at, you look at life differently when you're looking for the favour, when you're looking for the blessings. Things don't just happen randomly or by coincidence or by karma. You've done things through your life and you're doing things to set yourself up. Then you start looking for these favour and you start realising, I don't deserve that. I didn't earn that. That's just coming. Um, I've got plenty of dreams to be like bivocational with my work, so I can teach people, train people, but also have a, a work, work life. Like I love working hard 
but teaching people how to look after themselves and train in, in growing their own food. It always hasn't, hasn't always been like this. When we first got married, I was on KI for a couple of years, came back over, mum had just passed away. And I was no debt, no assets, nothing. And I get a phone call. Hi, my name's Emma. Hi. Like, oh, your aunt, your, one of your cousins has um, given me a number to give you a buzz, just want to catch up for coffee. I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> like, this is not what I was after. Like, who are you? And then she says, oh, your, your sister taught me to play the piano. Well, you're far too young for me if my sister <laughs> taught you to play the piano. And then I rang up this cousin and she said, oh, I've got to ring you. I said, why is that? And she said, well, there's a woman about to give you a call. I said, no, no, she won't. She's, she already has called. Oh, good girl, she says. I said, she's going to go for a coffee? I said, okay, I'll go for the coffee just to keep her quiet. So uh, we went out, met her down at the cafe uh, and drove off that after, it's supposed to be a half hour catch up, two hours later. I drove off and I thought, if I text Emma now, this is a life decision from that point. So I texted her and said, hi Emma, had a great time. Loved your hot pink shoes. That was it. Married six months later. <laughs> so be careful what you do. To be careful what you step out for. Things are going to happen when you move. We got to a point where we just got married that we wouldn't even want to answer the phone because it was going to be someone ringing up about a bill. You get to the point where we were working as much as we could. Kids were on their way. Couldn't be quite depressing with a mortgage, you're just scraping by, you don't know how things are going to work out. But we still kept tithing. We still kept trying to give and help where we could. And it wasn't, it wasn't, didn't feel like fun at the time. It feels like fun now, but it didn't feel like fun at the time. Um, we, but if we hadn't have done that, we probably wouldn't, and I would say you wouldn't recognise the success you can move into. And you don't take the success uh, uh, in the right way. You would be worried, um, I'm trying to explain it. You don't want to take it for granted. You don't want to take things for granted. We even got to a point where we were not long married and we were asked to go on a holiday with some family. And they said, oh yeah, we'd love you to invite you on a yacht. And we're like, oh, a yacht? Yeah, so they said, yeah, come up, get up here for New Year's Eve and uh, we'll scoot from Sydney up to uh, Port Stephens in a yacht and there'll be one other family as well. So we spent New Year's Eve on the harbour, right at the bridge, watching the fireworks go off on this New Year's Eve. And then the next morning, off we set sail for a week-long journey up to Port Stephens and back. We could never have afforded to do that. And they wouldn't even let us pay for anything. We tried to pay for the food. I just worked hard. I made sure that it was the boat was clean. I did my bit. I was sailing the boat. We were driving. Anything I could do to help out, I was helping out. Had the best time of our lives. We then, um, Emma works as a Cairo. So if you need anything fixed, talk to... Um, so, yeah, Emma's a Cairo. And uh, there was a point she was working for a, a, an employer up in um, the northern suburbs. And something happened in that place that was going on for quite a while and the boss become quite money-hungry. Living outside of his means. Renting an apartment that he shouldn't have even, even worried about. Getting a car that he shouldn't have even worried about. He was getting to a point where he had to chase money. So then he started sending out letters to his, his contractors saying, you shouldn't have done this, you owe me $20,000. Out of the blue. And we're sitting at Hillbank going, oh, what are we going to do? 
If you don't, I'm going to take you to court, take you to the commission, rah, 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 rah. And it wasn't anything wrongdoing. But with someone in the industry that had been there that long, you don't want to mess around. You have to sort this out. A week later, we get his phone call from another colleague that Emma had met randomly. He says, look, how much is it? So he told us, it's $20,000. Okay, I'm paying it tomorrow. What? Say what? I'm paying it tomorrow. It's all clear. I don't want any repercussions or any reason for anyone to question why this thing came up. We're paying it. Straight out of the blue. It's like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> interesting. So then we, we, um, we started a small business five years ago. Five years ago. Everyone's heard about the Lego store that we've got, which has now taken over a massive room in our house. It's, it's another wage each week in our income, in our, our family now. We're like, we sell pieces of Lego all around the world, even back to Denmark where it comes from. And I'm saying Lego, not Lego. It's, I'm South Australian. I sell Lego. It's Lego. Um, and that business in the last five years has grown from a little hobby to three years ago, we started tithing on the business as well. So we tithe out of our own wages. And Emma said one day, oh, by the way, I tithe this week. I said, okay. No, no, I tithe from the store. Oh, the next day we had a $600 sale. Then the next week we up increased. The next week, and from that point we've had opportunities where uh, we're making 300 to 800% on our money that we invest, which is unheard of. And I'm just saying this to encourage you, keep persisting, keep going, keep trying. Just always put God first. Always, always, always put God first with your time and your money. The house we have today is another major, major blessing that we come across. We had a house in Hillbank, which we were going to sell. So we actually got to a point of listing it right. We sold it and signed off it a week before COVID hit last year. And both of those people that are in that house would have lost their jobs and we would have had no rent coming in. And all the work that we've done for the years to try catch up and get ahead on the mortgage would have been all undone. It sold first open. And we just think, we just dodged a bullet with that one. But we look back and go, no, that was God. That was your timing. That was your blessing. Your hand was saying, now, now, now. This is how you move. Um, even this week, I rang up a tradesman. I said, hey, look, I need some uh, electrical work done. We're doing a few things around here. Rocked up Monday morning. I was helping him out. I said, hey, wh- what do you owe you? And he said, uh, Andrew, I don't want to charge you. Uh, uh, what? He goes, I said, what about the parts you use? He says, no, 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 no. That will just get absorbed into other jobs. I said, why, why can't I pay you? He says, oh, I want to invest in good people. Now, this guy won't even step inside a church to do an air conditioner. He won't even step inside. He won't even... The only times he talks about Jesus is if he's hanging from a roof and he thinks he's going to fall. <laughs> like, he, he's... And for him to say, I want to invest in good people, I could say, no, no, James, here's your $400. No, I've got to let him get blessed because it's his turn. It's his turn to tithe. Without him realising, he's already giving, already training him that way. <laughs> we, uh, we have um, some friends that may be watching online. I got a text before Emma showed me. They're sitting there in front of their TV. These guys have been friends of mine for 16, 17 years. And they go to church. They believe in a God. Been trying IVF for 12 years. Years. Failure after failure after failure. And four years ago, three years ago, 
They ring up and said, oh, we're going to try it once more time, Andrew. We need some help. I'm like, what are you asking me for? <laughs> oh, you, you, you pray. Okay. Uh, so every week, sometimes daily, I'd get a message, Tracy's going to hospital. Well, I said, oh, mate. <laughs> she's going to hospital. She needs, she's bleeding. We need, we need you to pray. And it wasn't me. I just, I just said, God, it's, it's not me. I can't, I can't fix anything. I can't do anything. But I know you have favour with me. I know that whatever I can put my hands on or people that I'm around, I can have, show your influence. So please, if it's your will, let's see this through. They've got a little boy now. Zaino the Paino, I call him. <laughs> His name's Zane. If he's listening, he'd laugh at that. It's always tag, you're it, but they live... 800 k's away, so every time I see him, I'm, tag, you're it. And then the last thing he runs up to me and hits me, he says, tag, you're it. No, I don't see him for a couple of months until I get to tag him again. But that's just another testament to show favour. It's not, not, not just monetary. I see my boys at home. We're in bed the other morning. I usually get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to head off to work. 7.30, I've got a three-hour sleep in. It's amazing. <laughs> but there's Alec, my eldest in the kitchen, saying, Dad, can I get the boys breakfast? I said, yeah. And he's making up songs. My God is so big, he's so great. He can help me make wheat bags. And I'm like, he's singing songs. And then they're bragging to each other. Oh, no, God's so big. He can do anything. He has all the Pokemon cards. Like, just hearing the boys brag to each other about their God. They go to a Christian school. They come home with Christian principles. We train them the best we can. The, the children's church here is phenomenal. The songs they're singing, the verses they're... They might get the verse wrong. They might get the song wrong. It might sound horrific. But you know what? They're singing about God and they're not scared. That, that there, I would pay anything to get that. So I'm just going to go to a verse, Luke 23, 35 to 43. We can't earn favour. We can only prove it. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he has saved others, let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine and vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. That's pretty cheeky. I reckon. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me. In paradise. Now, this is exactly why I wasn't picked to be God. Because there is no way that guy was going to heaven with me. That's how we think. That's how he didn't deserve that. Why could he live his whole life as a criminal, doing everything wrong, right up to the very last minute? But I have been a Christian all my life. I've been paying tithes. I've been going to church. I've raised some good kids. And he gets the exact same reward as I do, which is eternal life. He didn't deserve it, but guess what? I don't either. 
So you can't earn. We don't deserve God's favor. We prove it. And right there, that criminal proved that God is indiscriminate with his favor. It doesn't matter who you are. God wants you to prove his favor. When we're giving, it's not a chore. It's not a transaction. Okay, this is $412, $40. No, it's not. It's we, we go, tithe, yes. We want to bless others. We don't want, we're not doing it to gain more ourselves. If we can tithe into this church, we're reaching people that I would never even speak to. I don't go down to Parkside. I don't go down to Henley Beach. I used to live down there, but I don't go down there. The only way that I could have an influence on those people is by tithing, is by just giving to the church we're in, giving into the community that we're with. Um, we, we, we also make a point, and Emma has done this even more so than me, because she's not OCD, but she's very particular, which I'm not very particular. And uh, so when we, whenever we come into some money, oh, we have to tithe on that? Okay. She's taught me. I get to a point where I go, okay, we've got this coming in. Yep, tithe. Where are we going to put that? How can, we, how can we bless others with this? Last year, and I'm not saying this to, to Skype or, or um, Big Note myself or ourselves, but last year we went out, we said we wanted to set aside a certain amount of money for the year on top of our offering that we do here for the Rise and Build or what are we calling it? Build to Reach. And we went, we want to actually match that and give it into the community, which is a huge stretch for us. So we put food parcels together. We started saving for each week, putting some food parcels together. How good is it getting a gift? Who likes getting gifts? Oh, there's so much fun opening it up. And can you remember what your last gift was, though? But who likes giving gifts and seeing the reaction on that person? And I bet you can remember what the last gift you gave was. That is a huge thing. We put three food parcels together. We went to the school and said, guys, we don't want it known who it is, but here's a food parcel that we'd like you to give out to the, the family in the, church, in the school that needs it the most. Please don't let them know it's from us. And by the way, we'd like to pay so much of the fees on whatever person's most behind on their fees just to help someone. Then we picked out some people that were affected by the fire in Lobethal and one of Alex's um, kindergarten, kindy, kindergarten buddies. And so Emma was able to drive out there with all these bags of food and vouchers for the butcher and everything and hand it to her. And we'll never forget, you never forget the experience of giving. Even at work, I had a guy, I just took all, filled up his whole table full of all these baskets and bags of food. And he just looked, and I thought, I don't know how he's going to take this because he was, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a peer at that point. He almost cried. I'm like, this is a big, strong, you know, used to be, dope smoking metalhead and he's there going what's this for and I told him and I said there is no 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 strings attached you sure you sure what do I owe you nothing but this year we're going beyond that we want to do even more because the reaction that we got the 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 thing that we could do for others was phenomenal and you cannot I promise you you cannot outgive God you cannot outgive God
One of the verses, Proverbs 13, 22. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. So that's us working for our grandchildren. But a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. And I'm like, man, that's a weird, that's a really interesting verse. What does that actually mean? Because it hit me two years ago, this verse. And I'm like, why, why is this verse hitting me? You know, the only way that we can get people's money without them realising we're giving to the church is by selling Lego. We work hard to put these packages together. We, we work hard and people are paying for it all around the world. And if you're not born again, you're classed as a sinner. So their wealth is available to us through work. Their wealth is stored up, ready for us to access if we are willing. The parable of the talents. Everyone's heard this story. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, another two bags, and another one bag or talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went, went at once and put his money to work and gained another five bags. So also the one with two bags gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid it so no one could find it. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five, gold, five bags of gold bought one, another five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with these five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with these two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I, put in charge, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, this is what belongs to you. His master replied, you are a wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on a deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have at least got interest back. So... Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one that has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that is not a children's story. <laughs> Talents. I thought, hang on a minute. Something. So I have only been given one talent. That's the mentality of some people today. Well, it doesn't matter. I've only been given a little bit, so it's not fair, and I'm going to uh, bury it. In the, in the Old Testament, do we know actually at the time what that talent was worth? Does anyone know what that talent is actually worth in today's currency? Each talent was worth 20 years of a labourman's wage. 
right now on our wages, it would be about $55,000 a year for 20 years. It's over a million dollars. One talent. So even if you think you've been given the short end of the deal, one talent's worth, what is that actually worth? Imagine having the five talents and then get given another five talents and then enjoying the master's happiness on top of that. That is a huge amount. Like with everything we do, not just with money, with gifts, with musicians, with speaking, with working. How hard do we work for our bosses? This week, I got a bonus out of the blue. I work diligently. I work hard. I don't want to work, <laughs> but I do it. And I get an email. Thank you for your hard work. This is amazing. Um, here's a small token. Um, plus, we've taken the tax out for you. Mm, thanks. But it's, a, it's just little recognitions that you always get. You can get all the time. It also illustrates the previous verse, the, the riches of the wicked are stored up for the righteous. So if you work hard, if you persist, if you just continue on, continuing on, you can't, you, you can't lose. You can only gain. You can only give, be given more. When you go home, there's some homework. Genesis 30, verse 25. Read the story about the goats and the sheep. About Jacob being hard done by. Being, I don't know, almost ripped off. And he worked real hard. And he worked a lot. But he also made the best out of a worst case scenario. You look at what he did. He followed some crazy ideas that God had dropped into his head and walked away with a massive, massive influx, a massive inheritance. Just read that during the week. Ponder on it. Yes, there could be things where God has dropped ideas into his head, like when he was stripping all the branches with the bark. That bark in the water would actually soak, would actually make the goats and the sheep healthier so they would breed better. There is some practical principles alongside that. But no one knew about genetics back then. He had all white animals and he got all spotty and striped animals. With God's hand on it, with God's favour on it, anything can happen. I grew up learning about faith and I would step out in faith and I'd be like, yep, no, God, I'm with you. I've been a Christian, rah, rah, rah. And I'd be in the boat putting my feet on the water on the outside. Oh, yeah, I've got faith. Woo, my foot's in the water. Oh, it's, no, it's a bit, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I've got faith. This week, everything that Emma and I have been ever involved with, God has said and challenged me, no, no, I want you out in the water. I want you walking on that water. I'm like, yeah, God, I can do that. Yeah, God, with this, um, okay. In a couple of weeks' time, Pastor Bruce can get us back up here and explain what's happened. I can't go into too much detail. It is the biggest thing that Emma and I have ever, ever stepped into in all the increase in everything we've done. You give tens, you get back hundreds. You give hundreds, you get back thousands. You give thousands, you get tens of thousands. You give tens of thousands, you get hundreds of thousands. I'm telling you, it's big. And we are walking on that water.
So I'm just challenging you. Where is your focus? Where is it? Is it to gain, to gain, to gain? Or is it to give, give, give? You can't. You can't outgive God. And we love being able to give. We love saving up going, oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a deal in the brochure this week that we can get four cans of spaghetti for the price of three. So we go grab those because we're going to put them in our bags to give. So we're trying to get the best increase we can to give out, to give out, to give out. It's not an internet quick, this is how you get rich scheme. It's a heart change. It's, it's your understanding of who God is. He's a father that has looked after his children and their children and their children and their children. And all he wants to do is say, hey, here's your five bags back. And also, come and enjoy my happiness. Man, some bosses can put some big parties on. <laughs> Better than any pay or any money that you could buy. You imagine the party. I often think the boys ask me quite literally, what is heaven like? I'm like, what do you like doing? Times that by 100, you'll never get tired. You can eat as much as Nenonette's chocolate cake and you'll never get full. You'll never get sick. That you sometimes have to think like a kid. You've got to start dreaming about what potential, what possibilities, what is out there. So just direct your focus. Look at what you can give. You know what? When you're at the supermarket next, the person that's in front of you, maybe pay for $10 of their, of their, of their, um, their bill or the one behind you and just drop it there and walk. You're not after promotion. You're not after for self. It's just knowing that that person is wondering, where'd that come from? And they may look into it. It's just about putting yourself, position yourself to be someone that people want to invest in. God is already invested. He's going full on. You Are we going to be there with him? Are we prepared to step out? Are we prepared to go, okay, God, Emma and I were comfortable. We were in the house. We were setting up the carpets. We we're going to put a kitchen in. Yeah, we're comfortable. And now we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have been too comfortable. So, okay, let's go. So I just challenge you, as you close your eyes briefly, I just want to, I don't know how to say it any more um, sincerely. It's not a quick, a quick get-rich scheme. It's about your heart and your willingness to give to others. It's God's favour on us that we do not deserve. And if you're sitting here and you've not yet made that decision, or if you're online and you've not yet made that decision, saying, God, I want to be with you in your kingdom. I want your favour on my life, in everything I do, in my family, in my work, with promotions, with my, my hobbies, with my friends, everything I touch, I'd like your hand upon it, God. I'd like you to be invest, invested with what I do. I'd like you to shine and show your favour on all my friends and family around me so that they then can come into your kingdom also. So that when you arrive and, you, and God says, well done, my good and faithful servant, you look back and there is a stream of people there is hundreds and hundreds of people that are behind you cheering on because if you hadn't have done what you did, they wouldn't be standing there either. 
The responsibility lays on us to get to those others around us with whatever way we have to. We just gotta be there for them. Be the one that's just gonna sit there, have a meal, have a chat, and just let the Holy Spirit go from you and in where you are onto those people and let the Holy Spirit convict people. You don't need to Bible bash them. You don't need to tell them what's wrong. They know when you're there, they know. So if there's anyone here this morning that wants to make that decision quickly, please raise your hand and we can pray with you. We'd love you to also be part of God's favour. We'd love you also then to be able to prove God's favour. Dear God, I pray this morning that the Word that is I've just brought forward, the Scriptures that I've just brought forward just resonate with people. They understand my heart. Let them find ways to buy someone a coffee. Let's, let them find ways to share a meal or, or go and work on um, work on the yard or something like that, Father, where they can just help them. They may not have the finances, but they've got the ability. They've got talents that you've put in their lives. Let them share those talents. Let them position themselves that we're ready and we're making ourselves available for others to see us and see in us to invest in us. God, I thank you for the people that are here. I ask for a blessing, Holy Spirit, you run and wash over everyone here this morning. Release the finances, release the blessings, release the favour. Let them look at it from an angle that you want us to look at it from, God. Not to better ourselves, but to better others. In Jesus' name.